0: Looking for your next TV show or movie to binge? Well, buckle up, grab the remote, and settle into your couch for this special edition of Crossing the Streams. We're here to help you tune in and get the most out of those 50 monthly streaming channels you're currently paying for. So without any further ado, here's your host of Crossing the Streams, Jeff Dwaskin.
1: hey everyone it's jeff Jawaskin. so happy to have you back for another delicious bonus episode of crossing the streams here on the live from detroit the jeff Jawaskin show podcast feed bringing you the best of our live show crossing the streams every week in podcast form you asked for it we delivered what is crossing the streams if you're new to the podcast Have you ever asked yourself, hey, what should I be watching? Or I just finished, now what should I watch? Well, Crossing the Streams is the ultimate answer to that question. So if you need something to watch, if you need something to binge, you've come to the right place. Crossing the Streams. The podcast version pulls three segments from the live show. The live show is every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and the Fireside Chat app. That's a full hour of goodness. Here we pull three segments from various live episodes. Today we'll be talking about The Great British Bake Off from episode 14 all the way back to episode 14, Willie's Wonderland from episode 39, the Nick Cage classic. And we'll be discussing Succession, the hit HBO show. Let's kick it off with our guest, comedian Joel Byers, who's gonna take us through The Great British Bake Off. Him and Howard Rosner do a great, job escorting us through this delicious show take it away joel let's talk about the great Ah, let's get get to a show oh this is gonna be
2: good joel zach is snapping on this one yo this is a must watch for anyone that has 11 hours of life to waste i mean not even 11 (laughs) hours they have 11 seasons this show is basically, it's a British baking show where it's amateur cooks are in a tent and they compete who can bake the best goods. But the food isn't the best part. The best part, this show has been around since August of 2010. They have 11 seasons. The only constant throughout it all is Mr. Paul Hollywood. If you're not familiar with the Tim the Toolman Taylor of the UK, this guy, he has a racing background. He's also a chef, a baker, And he's also had an affair with one of his co-hosts. This guy is really the American. Prolific. I mean, he he's touched all the bases. He really hit the grand slam in life, but this show is just so amazing, not only to watch the food, but just to see Paul Hollywood flirt while also insulting people's food at the same time. You know, that's a bit dry, but I bet I could make it wet, you know, things like that. Um, and that was an Australian accent. So I don't know what was going on there.
3: <laughs>
2: but you've, got, you've got a real future in voice. Go ahead.
0: You guys <laughs> yeah, impressions. They sound, It's
4: It's like Joey and it's like Joey and friends.
2: It's like it's seeing America is like all of our cooking shows are like if it sucks you need to hate yourself. But over there it's like it's okay and the winner gets a plate. That's literally what they win. And in American cooking shows they break a plate over your head if you don't win. That's basically how the two cultures work. But it's it's just such a fine and dandy show that I think if you just have life to waste you got to dive head first into this.
0: Yeah, mm. I, I have to tell you, my wife and I watch it. We love cooking shows. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to meet some of the Food Network shops and uh, and talk to them about some of the shows. So we love shows, and we got turned on. Uh, it is the cooking show equivalent of one of our first shows we talked about, Ted Lasso, which mm. is just so charming and soft, but enjoyable and peaceful and happy. And we watched the Great British Baking Show, and we couldn't believe, like, even the people who were just – terrible. They were so nice and treated so <laughs> like eh, you this is absolutely you know like where are uh you know on an american show like house kitchen he'd be yelling this is absolute rubbish. It's like hey <laughs> eh, this isn't the best cake roll I've had. Uh, it <laughs> fell apart, but you know good try. Yeah. It, it, it was it was so pleasant, non-controversial and the narration of the show too. Uh it was the second weekend. The other thing that was cool Planet is <laughs> Unlike the American shows, the where they're all, you know, uh, locked or sequestered for the run of the show, this, they go back to their real life for the week and then come back on a weekend to cook. So they get to practice at home and you know, they talk about their real job. It made it so much more interesting. It's like Survivor Man. real Yeah. Mm. It didn't it didn't seem like cooking show <laughs> contestants. It it seemed like somebody was recording like the a baked competition for the founders festival. It's a great show. It's real it's really really enticing and and it's so simple and happy that you just keep going from one episode to the next.
2: Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. That show is so nice. It is probably that's the reason I went back to it. Uh, but I will say I'm pretty upset that you didn't talk about Mary or Prue whatsoever. Um, they are the heart of the show. Paul Hollywood is a stoking <laughs> cigar that has like bloodshot <laughs> eyes that knows how to make a biscuit. Prue is a genius. Mary is the heart of everything. Paul's fine. So but yeah, show is absolutely amazing. I'll give you that. <laughs> Paul survived all of it, though. That's why I thought yeah, that, he, was, he was the thread. Yeah, well, he's yeah he's the producer, but yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a great show. The crazy thing though is they're like this week we'll be making Warbuckle wafers and they're like what the hell is that? I've never heard of that before. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, the traditional Warbuckle wafer. Like, there's a traditional and non-traditional one.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great show. Though. I agree. I've only watched American ones. I've I've watched Chopped, we but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and like it always yeah it, i mean they it's just i don't know it's you're right but the if the british people are so much nicer the american ones are so i mean they got what like five minutes they're like all right octopus eyes ice cream cones peppermint candy sprinkles and beaver tongue go <laughs> and, and it's a dessert right and it's like and it's like well beaver tongue's really hard i mean he's yeah. uh He's grilling it, but you know that's going to make it real time. Yeah, it was like, and then they're like just uh, attacking these people the whole
3: time. And is, like, it, I'm is, just it, is it all desserts? Is it th- does is it only desserts or is On it, the are round. they cooking everything?
1: Are you talking about the Great British Bake? Great,
3: great British Bake Off, yeah. Like yeah. what? Like what kinds of crap are they cooking? They're, it's baking, obviously. It so baking. it's just all <laughs> baking. <laughs> the got it. Got yeah, got it. H- yeah. yeah. It's all yeah. I tub. mean, some of them could
0: be a little bit more savory, but it's still in a dessert style like a, so like a meat
3: like a meat pie. Yeah. The, yeah. It's no just question.
2: so positive. Like the positivity with the show is just so infectious that it it's it really is warming. That was a great way to describe it. Like we're so used to these negative cooking shows, but that one, you just yeah. it makes you feel like, yeah, it make, it's it has a very familial feel mm. to it. And the
0: contestants. The contestants, you know, you're so used to the survivor game playing and, yeah. and and all that. The contestants are, you know, oh, I'm sorry, your cake collapsed, you know, patting each other on the they back. help it, each other, It's, it's yeah. really nice. It's a great, it's a really pleasant mm. show, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: All right, that was a great British Bake Off. I got to say, I'd never watched the show prior to hearing about it on Crossing the Streams. And then since then I've been hooked on the great British bake-off. It is amazing. So if you're hungry, that's a great one for you to catch. Next up, we're taking you to the world of Nick Cage with John Sullivan. He's gonna discuss Willie's Wonderland. Take it away, John. Let's give John oh, I'm wow, okay. dying here about Willie's Wonderland. The poster itself it's just yeah. So freaky all right let's hear all about it
5: okay so i went into this blind like um you all know kind of the story of nick cage he's overspent like i hear he has a two million dollar comic book collection he bought like a castle in transylvania like he spent like crazy and then his movie career kind of dried up so now he's making movie after movie to make money and i actually like watching them they all seem to be simple plots like that new movie pig came out Mm. so i saw this one it's on hulu he's the star so i didn't read anything about it there's kind of a little bit going on underneath it that you kind of realize after when i did some research but basically simple plot he drives his car breaks down and this like town in nevada in nevada it's like this old dusty town and he brings it to this shop and the guy's like well, it's going to be a week to fix it and i only accept cash the atm's broken he's like You can do this, though. You can do this simple job for me, and I'll fix your car. Mm. So that's basically the plot. Now, the job gets – it's strange what the job is. He has to go into this old, basically run-down – Sort of like animatronic, like Chuck E. Cheese, almost where they have those animals. And have you guys been to a Chuck E. Cheese recently? I think they're closed now, but those animals are creepy. Right.
1: I'm just putting the image back up so they can see the creepy. Right.
5: So they're these kind of creepy animals and whatever. So it's the shutdown thing, and this guy's like, you got to go in there and basically just clean up all night. And if it's clean when we come in the morning, you'll get. You know, we'll we'll fix the car for you. So he kind of goes in, he's alone in this place, and there's these sort of animatronic things, and, you know, long story short, they come to life, and he has to fight them all night, and there's nine of them. And then there's these, like, college students who come and try to help, but I literally just think they're there to get murdered because they get, like, killed by the things. So Cage is just, like, beating the crap out of these (laughs) animatronic animals. I mean, it is... I wish I could say more. Like it was, it was layered, or there's something else going on. It's too <laughs> layered. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this sounds perfect for him. I, I, I want to watch this movie so bad <laughs> right now.
5: So he's just beating these things up, beating these things up. I guess I'll give you a little background on it. That's basically it. So he's got to make it through the night and survive these animatronic things that are trying to kill them. And the sort of backstory is on them. They were cursed by a witch years ago. So they're like satanic devil <laughs> animatronic things.
3: So, wait, uh, John, John, can I just ask? Yes. You are they trying to be funny or or is it... Are they yeah, trying- it's, it's
5: sort of a horror comedy. Got it. Because like, okay. it's, sure. it's low budget and this guy, Kevin Lewis... I looked him up. He's got like four other things he's directed. So it's the like shark, actors,
3: Sharknado-esque a little bit. Kind
5: of, but it's like, you know, not as like, there's not crazy graphics like that. It's it's more like hand-to-hand combat where he's like picking up metal bras and whacking these things. And then when the animals and these animal Child things, it's great when they get beat up, this black stuff shoots out because they couldn't use blood. And I there's no explanation to what the black stuff is. It <laughs> just shoots out. Weird kind of side note in the story, as he's kind of killing these things, every once in a while, he goes into the kitchen, and he drinks these fruit punch sodas, and he plays a pinball game, like, blah, blah, And it's just like, it was almost as if they were in a writer's room, like, all right, let's get Nick Cage beating up, like, Chuck E. Cheese characters. He drinks sodas. It was like, literally, it just seemed like all over the place. But apparently, <laughs> the reason behind that is, he's supposed to kind of resemble, like, a video game character, This is sort of supposed to be like a video game. Another side note, I realized this after. If you guys like like overacting Cage where he says crazy things, no dialogue from Cage. He doesn't say one word. Wow. Wow. In the whole movie? Whole movie. Really? Not one word. So he's supposed to be like the stoic Western video game character. And I think they just push it to the edge. They're like, what if he just doesn't say a word? It's all just like reactions from him. Like, and then people kind of so, yeah. act around them. So, yeah. Wow,
0: what an easy role for him! How long a
5: movie is this? In best part, it's like an hour and a half, so okay. it's short. So I honestly Blumhouse? would recommend. Uh, no, it's like no. it's low. It's it's low budget. Okay. it's it's on Hulu, but I would recommend watching it with like someone else, so you can kind of react with it. Like I watched it alone, and I, I had no research on it, so I was literally just <laughs> like, "Wow, this is really." <laughs> Like it, it hit me hard. It was, but it's good. Like I, I recommend it. It's like a Nick Cage, very simple action. click. I won't okay. spoil the ending. I'm, I'm definitely sure. going to watch I'm, it.
1: I'm not sure. You yeah. I'm going to watch out. it. I'm going to watch I everything. I know. It's like, if for. I spoil
5: the ending, it's like, ah,
1: oh. uh, it <laughs> I can't up.
5: watch it. No, it's good. I, I would recommend it. I don't think any, it's going to win any awards anytime soon, but check it out. It's good. <laughs> Thanks, Nick cage man. can't miss with Nick cage. Yeah.
3: Oh, it's all right. kind of an amazing evolution. I mean, at listen, we all know his troubles, right? So it, it, it's yeah. not at all surprising that he's doing movies like this. But the guy, I mean, did he did he win the Academy Award for leaving Las Vegas?
2: I think he did.
3: He's won one did, at least. Yeah. I, I mean, he was a major star and now he's even doing... like
5: some of those early eighties movies he's in are like Timeless classics that he's in. What's the comedy yeah.
1: he's in? Oh, it's the Elvis one.
2: Hmm. Yeah, that uh, yeah. was it. Uh, Three thousand Elvises to grace. No, Lakers no, no that, was, yeah. that was, no. that
1: was no, that was Kevin Costner. Uh, Honeymoon oh. in Vegas.
5: Moonstruck. That was crazy. Moonstruck. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Raising Arizona was. Raising awesome. Arizona
1: was amazing. I think yeah. it, it I really think was. Went, uh, I think it went all went wrong when his Tim Burton Superman Lives movie didn't <laughs> get made. <laughs> I know. What a weird story that is. Oh, <laughs> Con, Air, Air, Con, Air, that. Con Air. Con Air. The Con Air. Isn't Rock his? Isn't he? In Rock, the Rock is great. Yeah. 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 He. I mean, he's got amazing. He's got amazing movies. So mm-hmm. yep. I think. Carlo was
5: the prom queen. Remember that? <laughs> hey. He's like your best. Losers do their best. Winners go home and f the prom queen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. <laughs>
5: Thank you. I've done that a of times.
3: What's the one he did with Meg Ryan where he's an angel? Oh, the City of Angels.
5: City of Angels. Oh, that's I loud, love man.
4: that movie. That's one of my. That's a top ten with me. Really. Yeah. Yes, and the one he did with uh, Bridget Fonda. Um, oh,
3: yeah, yeah. Uh,
4: it, uh, it, could
1: ha-
3: it could happen to you. It
1: could, it could happen,
4: happen to you. What a yeah. lovely
3: romantic comedy. I love I that, about that Bridget
1: Fonda yeah. was like the greatest for a while. What was the one she made? It was her version of Nikita X or something. Um, oh, yeah. That, no return. Term. that was oh, La yes. Femme Nikita. So good. La Femme Nikita, yeah. So Le Fem- Nikita. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's All not
5: right. forget Face Off Guys with Nick
1: Cage. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Volta. So <laughs> yeah. many classics. We should yeah, do a whole a thing. We should do a Nick Cage. We should, Jeff.
3: That's no joke. We should do a Nick Cage thing. We should we do a Bridget
1: Fonda oh, retrospective.
3: Which one? Bridget Fonda retrospective.
1: Is there more than the one? No, there's, there's several. Oh, single got single got wife, female. Jackie Brown. All right. well,
4: Jackie Brown, yeah.
1: All right. Thank you, John Sullivan, for taking us into the world of Willie's Wonderland. If Willie's Wonderland doesn't sound like something for you, The spontaneous Nick Cage greatest hits discussion was sure to spark something of his catalog that you want to dive into. Go enjoy Nick Cage. But before you do that, myself and Jeff Calhoun we're going to talk about Succession on HBO. This also kind of sucks in Arrested Development as well. So you get a little bit of a twofer. Take it away, me. So this is this is uh, succession, <laughs> I'm having a hard time to succession. Nah. So this is a show that I watched it's on HBO and it sort of became like a huge phenomenon, like in the in second season, I think it really caught wind and it won a lot of uh, the awards for its second season. This TV show is pretty, Is one of those, addic- it's so it's about this family called the Roy's and the Roy's are the super rich family so I, I mean i totally relate right <laughs> no but i mean like they're like the media empires it's funny if you're familiar with arrested development the show arrested mm-hmm. development right another jason bateman classic classic my right. wife turns to me watching succession and she says you know what this show is and they're like what they're like someone said what if we made arrested Development serious <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, you could see like some of the characters like totally match up and it's sort of like, you could see where somebody, if they made that pitch, once I put this in your head, you, you can't not see it. The way it is, it's about succession. So you have the main guy who's uh, Brian Cox and he's the older guy and the matriarch and he has his media empire. He's getting old and the son, Kendall Roy, Jeremy Strong, who's the one uh, winning the awards. And I think they even won best drama. He's one of four children of Brian Cox. Brian Cox is old. He's much older now. And so they're talking about succession plans and Kendall Roy. This is the first episode. And Kendall Roy thinks he's going to be the one to succeed. And he's putting the plans together. And Brian Cox has this major health meltdown, like where he's 10 seconds from dying so things start happening it's a corporate you know everything's moving and and so but then he recovers (laughs) okay and but it did but in this point they're all trying to play because they want to take over and there's some weird interplay with the kids you've got jeremy strong who plays Mm -hmm. kendall roy who is one of the more capable but then you have the sister shiv who went into politics who's probably smarter but it doesn't know the business and then kieran culkin uh macaulay culkins plays like the uh <laughs> he's smart but he's like the uh just the the party like he's just a scattered party kind of and
4: he's guy. like the uh he's like the immature younger brother
1: yeah and then you have uh alan rock cameron from ferris bueller is sort of that out uh, out there kind of uh you know he, he's not really in touch as much as none of them are in touch with the reality he's not in touch with either reality like ours or theirs he's just just weird out there kind of guy you know and so it's basically like this whole cat and mouse game they're trying to oust brian cox's character and it kind of just kind of goes back and forth and it, it's interesting season two it gets even more interesting and the whole dynamics. Um, My brother watched the show and he thought the health scare in the beginning was kind of a turnoff. Once you kind of get through that, which I think because it's a very important plot point, you have to kind of get through that. And then it's just one of those insane (laughs) family dramas where there, everyone's, nobody can trust anyone. There is literally, it's just a backstab after backstab after backstab. And it's really funny because we're watching this episode, the last episode of season two, it plays out a certain way. And I turn to my wife and I'm like, there's no way it's ending how they're setting it up. And sure enough, they just kind of flip it and uh, do what they needed to do to kind of just make season three, even more batshit crazy than what season two (laughs) was. And season three comes out like in a couple of weeks. So I, it's one of those things where I've had the benefit of, and we binged it. We couldn't stop watching it. Like there's um, I think like these binge worthy shows, I'd say nine perfect strangers, which we showed at the end. If you have a one to 10, I think you guys may feel different. Cause you kind of binge it faster. I felt the continue on was about a six. Like if I took a day off, I'd be okay. But like succession, we couldn't stop watching it. And like, to me, that's where like they turn these TV shows into drugs a little bit, you know, where it's like, you're like, Oh my God, I got to keep going, <laughs> you know? And to me, that's where also the benefit of, of a weekly release and you watch it weekly. So mm. you, Don't sit there for five hours and drain your life away watching it. That's why I kind of enjoy that whole kind of pattern of how things work out. The whole thing is about these super rich people in season two, what basically happens is they're in a fight to just survive. The company's in a fight to survive. But the family and the brothers, they're all like backstabbing each other and like no one can trust literally no one can trust anyone. <laughs> it's just Jeff, how would you even explain it? I did without like I don't want to give anything away. It's just
4: Yeah. Um, it was this is like HBO's answer to billions. Billions came out on Showtime and it was a big hit for them. So this was like their answer for that show to keep that family dynamic and the conflict going of truth. I mean, this is a this is a family that is the patriarch of the family is is abusive. He's abusive to the wife. He's been abusive to his kids and has used money and, and power to manipulate everyone around him. So when it comes time for a succession of the family, he is supposed to pass on the reins, hence the show. But he can't do it. And since he can't do it, that's the exciting incident that drives this conflict forward, where now everyone is playing against each other, where the older brother has all the business sense, like you said, but has this inherent flaw in his character where he will go against the plan, where the the plan is set of this is what I'm going to do. But he allows his emotions to get involved to where it backpedals on him and blows up in his face. And that now was explored in season two, which is where it really kicks up with the valet. I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but it's something yeah. Now the older sister, like, like Jeff said is more responsible, but she is also allows that arrogance to blind her so that she doesn't have the business sense that she thinks she does. The youngest brother actually probably is right to be, to secede the family, but he's doesn't really care. He's not really interested. He doesn't want to be controlled. He kind of got out of the family away from the abuse and, He's being being pulled into it, and now he's trying to decide whether or not he wants to get back into involved with that but that means giving up this freedom that he enjoyed the oldest brother who was um alan ruck's character is completely out of touch he's the guy that lives on the ranch has the cattle but isn't a cattleman he's the guy that pretends to be what he's not right and so then all of these guys are vying for power over two seasons which is great but then you have brian cox who's such a strong performer anytime he's in a scene he commands that scene so the fact that these other actors can come in and challenge his presence during that is that it's, 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 an incredible show. So I absolutely agree. It's great.
1: Wow. Yeah. Brian Cox is, is really, really, really strong. It's um just to give you an idea. So Alan, I don't think this ruins anything. Alan Rook. This is how I ought to touch the so guy. Here's a guy that's done nothing. Like Jeff said, he just, he lives on this giant thing ranch. He goes, you know what? I thought about it. I'm thinking I need to do something. I'm going to run for president. <laughs> <laughs> and to him this is a completely rational
4: idea yeah, totally privileged guy
1: yeah it hires the best of the best strategists and then the in a perfectly just to kind of give you how out of to touch with like us i'm gonna lump all of us as normal people for a second i apologize if any of you rise above but the um he turns to his father and says yeah I, i'm gonna i i'm gonna need like 100 mil <laughs> you know but to him, that's like a completely there's no reason his father should say no to a hundred million dollars and uh you know like uh, jeff saying the guy goes well then stop being running for president you're embarrassing me and it, it yeah. controls everything it controls absolutely
3: everything you know when you when you were first describing this i, I actually thought it was kind of like an, an americanized like downton abbey kind of thing <laughs> but not <laughs> not at all actually now that now that you're kind of getting into jeff can you
1: see the arrested development parallel
4: I really can. I actually think that's a brilliant observation on your on your wife's uh, from your wife because I I would have never put that together. But seeing if you look at it as archetypes and and templates, yeah, there's absolutely there. She's absolutely right. I think it's I think it's kind of great.
2: If that is true because I love the Arrested Development. I thought that was a very underrated show still to the day. Yeah, that'd be exciting to see. So uh, I'm convinced because there's some good actors in there, and I love anything Wall Street business. I like that type of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's oh, awesome. yeah. cool. Yeah,
1: it's it's good. And there's like tons of in succession. There's like just tons of like just great subplots and things and everything happens and gets kind of wrapped up quick. It's not like they drag shit out for
4: over. No, that's yeah. that's a really good point, actually. I don't know how they do it, because usually w- they'll take a subplot in a show like Nine Perfect Strangers. They'll run it for the entire season. Right. But like succession or even like billions will burn through a subplot one to three episodes max. And I'll be watching this writer's room has to be on fire. I mean, their board just has to be like a ton of subplots everywhere that they can just Mm -hmm. keep burning through. It's absolutely impressive. It's awesome.
1: Very cool. So everyone uh, check that out. It was, I was, um, I was talking to um, my brother today actually about Arrested Development because he'd never seen it. I said to him, I said, um, season one of Arrested Development is probably one of the best comedies ever. I can rewatch season one a million times. I think people's memory 10 years later of the series as a whole is focused more on season one. Season two is about 80% as good as season one. Season three is about 60% as good as season two. Right. (laughs) If you watch it now, season one, two, season one, two, and three season three, isn't great. There was, you could see why they canceled the show. The, The, the quality of the show was not the same as season one. The interesting thing is, My daughter, my oldest daughter was watching it just before season four, which came like a year later, right? When Netflix revived it. And she didn't know because she's binging it. She's why is Lindsay, Lindsay, why does she look so different? (laughs) I was like, she didn't know there was like 10 years it passed. But but in the show, it's like the next day, right? Right.
2: (laughs) Netflix does a kind of an interesting job of merging present and flashbacks to make up those 20 to 30 minutes of each episode um it did definitely lose its its muster a little bit for sure i can't believe everybody agreed to it like forte and bateman I just can't believe they're like oh yeah this makes sense
1: <laughs> season i don't know how you guys feel but uh, season four i thought was horrible and i thought season five was even worse like almost unwatchable like you're like almost like sad that they even
2: went, went that, that route yeah
1: season four i originally thought well they <laughs> they made like 45 minute episodes. It was like, one of the great things I think about the original, at least first season is it's that short, very, they had a very good rhythm going with that, that 22 minutes or whatever. Yeah. To expand it. It just didn't work for me at all. And to never have any of the characters really in the same room, because they had to work around all these people's schedules. So they were never really, they never were grouped. That was one of the magic things of the original episode. And then or the original season. And,
2: anyway no no I agree for sure and it would have been I mean Netflix probably just offered them a shit ton of money everyone was like let's just do it who gives a shit like
1: oh yeah absolutely no one watches it who cares whatever we'll do (laughs) exactly All right, that was Succession and a little bit of Arrested Development. As you could hear from the segment that was recorded just before season three of Succession, which is now completely aired on HBO, it delivered. So I re-up my recommendation of Succession season one, two, and now season three. All right, well, that wraps up this episode. Succession, Arrested Development, Willy's Wonderland. And the Great British Bake Off. You got a lot of TV watching in front of you now. So I'm going to go let you find the comfy spot on the couch. Cross your own streams. As always, I'm your host, Jeff DeWoskin. I'll see you live 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesdays or right here as we deliver special segments of Crossing the Streams right to your ears. I'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to this special edition of Crossing the Streams. Visit us on YouTube for full episodes and catch us live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now turn this off and go watch some TV. And don't forget to tell your family you'll be busy for a while.